game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Johansson drop pass Eichel. Walks down the slot. Johansson back door. Wrist shot. Score. Colin Miller. That's the one that decides it tonight. Colin Miller. A minute 13 into overtime, and the Buffalo Sabres get a 3-2 win over the Edmonton Oilers. The Sabres led it 2-0 after one. Very good second period for the Oilers. They get goals from Shane and Nygaard to tie it up. No scoring in the third. And then Miller from Johansson and Eichel in overtime. Eichel extends his point streak to 13 games uh, for the Oilers. McDavid held off the score sheet tonight. Dreisaitl held off the score sheet. Nugent Hopkins in his return does not pick up a point. Zach Cassian comes back. He finishes the night minus one. And the Oilers' record on the season goes to 18-10-4. That does have them in a tie for first place in the Pacific Division with the Arizona Coyotes. Kind of an interesting night tonight. Five Pacific Division teams playing all against a a non-Pacific team. Only Arizona able to win. Edmonton gets a point. Uh, Vegas lost. Anaheim lost. And San Jose lost. So... Not bad (laughs) overall for the Oilers that that they get the point. Tough weekend for San Jose out in Florida. 7-1 and 5-1 losses. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We are live in Studio 99. It is 8.55 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Overtime open line courtesy Heartland Fort. Well, Rob, man, a lot to dissect from from this game. It was was not a great first period for the Oilers. They, They had some chances, but... Buffalo able to able to take the lead and, and and really that first period a big reason why the Sabres were able to be tied going into overtime and, and eventually have a chance to pull it out. Well, as I was talking with Bob upstairs after the game, to me it was three games. The first period was uh, the Buffalo Sabres period. They were the better team. They got the 2-0 lead and had it not been for great penalty killing by the Oilers, it could have been worse. The second period, the Oilers came out and dominated uh, and the Buffalo Sabres were lucky to escape after 40 minutes all tied up. And I thought the period, third period was fairly even. I thought both teams had some chances. Both teams threw some punches and, and had some opportunities. And then it went into overtime. And i, I got to be honest with you, going into overtime, obviously as an Oilers fan and as, as someone that watches a lot of games, you feel pretty confident. And then when I see who Buffalo starts, I'm like, huh. Uh, I, uh, Reinhardt, I'm not sure he's got the speed to be able to keep up with Leon and, and Connor. But in overtime, just uncharacteristic... Uh, turnovers. Uh, the, the Oilers, both Connor and Leon, trying to make plays, and were a little bit off. And we've we've seen it so many times in overtime. The team that has possession of the puck is going to create the first scoring opportunity. And unfortunately for the Oilers, the first scoring opportunity for Buffalo went in the net. So Cassian was back. McDavid, Drysaddle, and Cassian reunited. Now they did have some chances. I don't want to make mm-hmm. it sound like they didn't have any opportunities, but mostly off the rush. McDavid had. Some chances, you know, those speed cut-in plays where, where he just missed or was stopped. Dreisaitl had a backhand off the goalpost in the third period. They didn't seem to get as much going off the cycle, and it, it just seemed like a lot of their passes weren't connecting, just weren't exactly where they wanted them to be tonight. Well, they were a little off, and a great example is twice they had odd man breaks 
and the puck ended up on Cassian's stick where everyone was expecting him to shoot and both times he tried making extra plays and the passes never connected. So uh, they were all just a little bit off, and those are the nights. Sometimes are like that, and I, I, it's one of those ones where the puck just seems to bounce the wrong way, or it's a, two inches further than you expect, or the guy that you're passing to is a little bit slower than you thought, and it just a snowball that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger as it rolls down the hill. So uh, give credit to the Buffalo Sabers for playing the other's top guns strong, but I think that the bar is very high when we start talking about Leon and Connor. So uh, a normal night for them would be an exceptional night for just about anyone else. So the bar, they weren't at their bar tonight. He yet, had some of their opportunities gone in, it would have been a completely different hockey game. But their bar is so high, I don't think they achieved their bar tonight. Well, the good news for the Oilers is they, they got a power play goal not from their first unit. Joachim Nygaard tipped in a Darnell Nurse point shot right as a Buffalo penalty expired. Did count as a power play goal. He also assisted on the Riley Shane goal, who gets his first as an oiler. So nothing from the big guys tonight, but at least you have a couple of depth players on the board. I, I thought some good moments from the depth players to help them get the single point. Yeah, and, and not only the points they got, they created other opportunities. I, I thought the third and fourth lines for the Oilers were very good tonight. Keeping plays alive, getting pucks on next, creating scoring opportunities. Probably could have had another goal or two uh, as well. But it does go a long way, the Shea-in goal. You know, when you, you come to a new team, you, you want to impress your new teammates, your new coaching staff quickly. And shea has been doing that with his face-offs and his penalty killing and how he lines up against the other team's top players a lot. But you still want to produce offensively. So that was a big goal for him. And it, and it showed confidence, too. Because if there's, there was two breakaways tonight by players that are third, fourth liners, one from each team. VC had a breakaway for... Uh, for the Buffalo Sabres tonight and Shane had one for the Oilers. Shane looked completely confident on his breakaway. VC didn't get a shot on net. So uh, it's good to see Shane still has confidence in his game and that was a big goal at the time for the Oilers. Well, and the penalty killing again helps the Oilers tonight. Actually, the special teams, you know, they do get the power play goal to go one for three so they'll get a little boost to their already excellent percentage which is over 30% for the year and the PK goes three for three and Shane and Archibald leading the way there. I know, and I don't know what do they have it on here for shots on net on the power play for, for uh, Buffalo? They had zero. Did they not or did they have? No I think they had. I don't understand. How oh that sorry that's the face off. Yeah zero. PP. Actually yeah they didn't they get a zero shot, shot on the power play. That's what I was because I'm looking like the, and it wasn't as though the, the Oilers were blocking shots or, or, or they were forcing all over the place. They just played it smart and kept the, the Buffalo Sabres to the outside. The Buffalo Sabres never had a good look and all of their power plays tonight and uh, they, they, I thought and, and Bob and Jack talked about it, I thought they lost momentum in the first period. They have a 2-0 lead, they got a power play and they got nothing on it and the Edmonton Oilers from that uh, got themselves back in the game in the second period. So the specialty teams was excellent tonight, and a large part of that, as you know, goes to both Archibald and, and Shane, who are a big reason for the Oilers' resurgence on the PK. All right, Oilers fall 3-2 in overtime to the Buffalo Sabres. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. You know, to what extent were you guys guilty of trying to pass the puck into the net for the front end of the today's game as opposed to playing the way you noticed that too Terry I noticed that too stand behind there I was a fan beside I was yelling just like the fans were shoot the puck right no, I was just like the fans were yelling at us to shoot the puck I was just like them standing behind the bench yelling to shoot the puck we we came out we didn't have the right mindset that 
early on. I think we thought that we got a couple guys back in the lineup. Now it's just going to be free wheel and, like you say, pass it into the net. And uh, when you don't compete the right way, you, you don't stop on loose pucks, you don't take care of the puck, it uh, ends up coming back at you. And it came back at us two times in the first period we got behind. As the game got on, we started to play, uh, we started to play a little better, play the right way. And uh, started putting some pucks at the net, and we got rewarded for it. But we didn't start with the right mindset, and it cost us a point. Didn't see the start of the first come in shot. Well, there was a couple. Second period, we went out with the mindset, I think, to shoot the puck, even though there was two or three times we still didn't. But the first period, there was we had more drop passes than we had shots on net, I think, in the first period. Like, that's not right. So... When your team does grind it out, like the last two periods, like the game against LA, you have success. Look, yeah. they have the ability to do it. So tell us how you find a balance. Well, we had a lot of guys do it. We had a lot of guys doing it, even from the first period, do it. But I think uh, the big guys tonight thought they were back together. They were going to be let's just get her going here and lots of passing and let's just, like Terry said, pass it into the net. Right, where against a team like that, you got to stay hard. You got to get pucks to the net. You got to be able to, and stop on pucks. Just like you can't just wait for them to give it back to you. Sometimes you got to go get the puck, or you got to win battles to have the puck to give yourself opportunities. And we didn't have everybody doing that from the start. Did that end up in the overtime the same way? Dry saddle gave a couple pucks away, and you never got it back. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. That's what that puck possession in the overtime is a big factor. You give it away, you've given the other team a chance. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tibbet. Pretty much one theme to that, <laughs> which we, he said he said he thinks they had more drop passes than shots on goal in the first period. Well, and, and we talked about it at the end of the first. Uh, golden opportunities you can't pass up. And, and as we see, when you get into a game that's close, I mean, the Oilers are playing these close games. Uh, one shot may be the difference at the end of the night. And, and we've seen a number of... You know, bad goals or, or grade B scoring opportunities that go in the net. And that could be the difference of a win or a loss or, or an extra point in a game like tonight. So uh, you never want to pass up an opportunity. And we see players like a, a, a Neil who will shoot from everywhere. And he, tonight he did. He shot from way down a bad angle again and, and caught the goal. He got him right up top in the, the shoulder. He's not afraid to, to shoot from there. But the ones that were passed up tonight, like Cassian passed up two, and I think it was. It might have been Shane, but someone in the slot too tried passing it off. And the thing that you don't, the players sometimes forget, when you've got a, sh a shot and you're in the slot and you, you decide instead of shooting the puck, you pass the puck, the player that you're passing to is going to the net anyways. So if you would have shot the puck on net, that player is going to beat the defender there to get the rebound in the first place. And that actually is a better pass off the goalie than the one that you're trying to make through sticks. Uh, he's got to receive the pass and he's got to be in a better shooting lane and he's got to get it past sticks. And, and pads and, and all that so put pucks on net no player no coach no gm and no fan will ever be mad at a player for putting a puck on net all right that'll be our adjustment of the game looking ahead to tuesday for the alberta college and association of chiropractors if it hurts see a chiropractor visit albertachiro.com as we move along tonight more post-game reaction some of your reaction as well the number to call and text is the same now, 780-496-0063. Mike Smith will uh, take the overtime point tonight. His record on the season goes to 7-7-2. Seven, seven, he finishes uh, with 19 saves on, on 22 shots. 
Smith's there, there's really kind of a divide in Smith's season ever since he had the big win over Pittsburgh where he almost won the game single-handedly the Oilers got a couple of goals but it could have could have been 7-1 and he still would have had a good game he's he's only about an 865 save percentage since then uh, you know Koskinen is to me making more more saves I'm not saying Smith is letting in bad goals necessarily but you, you got to make saves. I'll, I'll say this about Smith, and I, I was just watching the replay. I'm still not sure how that overtime goal got in, and I re, we've seen him play a lot, and he has a he's had a great career, and he's won a lot of games. The funny thing about Smith is, and I remember watching him quite a bit last year in Calgary. He'd make these incredibly athletic saves. Like he's a he's a lanky guy. He kind of almost plays his own style, mm-hmm. and he would make these incredible athletic saves where you think he was beaten, and, he, and he'd make these stops. And then he'd make other go- other other ones would go in on him where he almost thought like was he moving out of the way? Out of- and I'm not saying that happened on that overtime goal, but he was there. Like he was he got across. He, he, he was there, but I mean the player that got the puck uh, should have shot the puck I- immediately. I mean it was it, Miller it was scored the goal. Miller, yeah, Miller's got a, a one time that. I mean that was a great play. Uh, on that one, I'm I'm not on the goalie. I'm on the fact. No, that no, I'm it's not. A, it's, I'm, it's, I'm just, yes, I agree. It's a two on one. And even the tip w- where Smith was after it went in, he was almost off to the side he's, of the net. He's a uh, he's a more acrobatic goalie than he is a textbook angles type of goaltender. Okay, that's a good. That's a good. So way to put and, that, and that's how he he's 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 made his career. And there are play, plays where he looks off. Yeah, and, 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 and again, it's worked for him because yep. he's 37 years old and, and he's still, still playing in the National Hockey League and and, and still playing well. But. Uh, Tonight I, tonight, I thought he was fine. I There was no goal that he should have had. Um, I, I, yeah, I thought, I mean, the, the, the game could have gone sideways. They're down 2 nothing early, but I, I, I don't remember. He didn't let a bad goal in, but he never made a, a huge save tonight. How was that? There was no... I think that's fair. Yeah, there was no big save, but at the end of the night, I, the, the top players of Buffalo who were not... Stellar either made one play more than the top players of the Oilers, and that's why they got the extra point. Yeah, Buffalo wins 3-2 uh, in overtime, and the Oilers w- won the opening faceoff in overtime, gave the puck away, got it back, lost it again, and then it, it looked like on, on the overtime goal, McDavid turns one way, Miller goes the other way, and then Nurse is kind of defending a, a two-on-one down low. Uh, Nurse had no, no chance on that one. Uh, it, you... In three-on-three, you're playing man-on-man in your own zone. And uh, Eichel, who's a very crafty player, he has the puck on top, and he's going one-on-one against Leon Dreisaitl. Leon can't overcommit because you can't allow him to beat you to the net. Uh, And Michael makes a good play down low, and Connor left his man. And the the player, I think it was Johansson, made a nice play. He he saw that Miller was open. Miller went to the right spot. And on his, he's an offside there. He's got his right hand shot. He could have one time to held on a little longer, put the puck in the net. But yeah, I mean, when you watch the replay, there's nobody in the screen in the replay from the Edmonton Oilers uh, when Miller's shooting the puck. So, but the, the twice Leon tried making passes that that misfired with Connor. We don't see that very often. The one play he did turn over that I liked, he came down one on one, and Jack Eichel was the defenseman. So they're right, right at the, start right the very start. So that one, yes, I, absolutely. You try him one-on-one because he, he's, a, he's a forward. Uh, you got him skating backwards. Take the opportunity to try beat him one-on-one. But the others, we've seen, the, we've seen those two, Connor and Leon, hold on to the puck for 45 seconds, a minute, minute 15 straight in overtime without giving the puck up. Tonight was just an off night for them. 
The Oilers are now 4-4 four and four in games tied after 60 minutes, 2-3 and three in games that have ended in overtime, 2-1 and one in shootouts. Uh, they've lost three overtime games here on home ice. The only one they won was against Washington. Uh, shocking. Honestly shocking when, when you think of who we get to put out on the ice and who the other team gets to put out on the ice. But, again, it's all about puck possession. We've talked about it. Dave Tippett tipped up, uh, touched on it. And Jack Eichel with the puck in his hand, he is good. He is a very good hockey player. And another thing that happened on that three-on-three, the other two players for the Buffalo Sabres changed. Right. So they had fresh guys on the ice. So they had Johansson and Miller. Miller gets a step on Connor McDavid. Normally a step, you need about 10 steps on Connor, but he had his fresh legs going against a tired Connor. Yeah, they started with Eichel, Reinhardt, and uh, Ristolainen. And Oilers had McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Clefbaum out, as they uh, almost always do if all those guys are in the lineup. The, the three-on-three overtime, and I, I've seen a few this year, and you obviously you want to win the face-off because yes. having the puck is huge, but I have noticed now when teams lose the face-off, like they don't chase the puck, they just sag back. Mm-hmm. Because if a shot goes wide, it's probably a two-on-one. So yes. I'm not saying you want to lose the opening face-off, but if you can defend well and force a turnover or, or a missed shot, you're probably attacking with numbers the other way. Well, we're, we're only watching teams play, a lot of teams play against the Oilers, and if I'm playing against the Oilers, I completely back off if I lose the face-off because no one can skate with Connor or Leon. So you don't want to get into a foot race. So you want to, don't want a four-check. You don't want to uh, pressure too much. Um, most... Overtimes really begin after the first scoring opportunity because one team will get a scoring opportunity. If they don't score, it's an odd man rush the other way. And if they don't score, it's an odd man. And it just keeps going back and forth. Unfortunately for the Oilers, the first scoring opportunity in this game was capitalized on the Buffalo Sabres. Again, if Miller misses or if the puck goes over his stick or if the puck, if there's a save, McDavid and Drysaddle are gone. And sometimes players anticipate that maybe someone will miss it and try going the other way. On that one, I think Connor just misread it. He misread the play, and Johansson didn't, and Johansson made the right play. 3-2, Buffalo wins it in overtime. This guy scored his first goal in an Oilers uniform tonight. It came on a breakaway. Let's hear from Riley Shane, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. I'm like here. Um, is it just too easy to say that the first period cost you guys tonight? Yeah, I think that was the issue. I mean, it's kind of... It was nice to see we we battled back and we fought through a little adversity there, but it's also uh, it's tough when we start a game like that. Um, I think that's kind of been an issue with us. So um, we get to come back tomorrow and, and go back to the drawing board and have a good practice and learn from this. But uh, it can't be a, a mistake that happens consistently. And for you, got to be good to just get that first goal this season. Yeah, it felt nice. Uh, it was a great play uh, by Nursey standing up at the line and a great pass by Nye. So um, I don't get breakaways often, so I was kind of excited and uh, luckily made, made a good move and, and got one. Sorry, Riley. Jumped in late. I'm sure you already answered this question, but uh, comeback effort falls a little short today. What was the ultimate difference in tonight's game? I think just the, the first period, we came out a little slow and... Um, they capitalized on some opportunities where we were maybe lacking a little focus and um, good to see we came back. Uh, it's something we're, we're working on, but I think at the end of the game, you, you look at that first period and uh, know that you shot yourself in the foot. So, um, yeah, we got we to gotta get on that quick and, and make sure we start games uh, the way we want to. How do you balance that as a player? Uh, you're obviously disappointed with the team start, yet you guys do enough to salvage a point. How do you take the positives and also balance that with the negatives tonight? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it shows a lot when we can come back, and it's been something that we've been struggling with. We had a game against Ottawa where we we sort of took our foot off the gas and ended up losing a game that was kind of within reach. So uh, to see that tonight come back was, was nice, but um, our start's just got to be better. we got to be excited to play in our, our own building, and um, I think we should never have a bad start in here. All right, that's Riley Shane, who does get a, a breakaway goal, took the pass from Nygaard and able to beat Allmark Feifel on the back end. Yeah, it was a nice play. It was a great pass up. First of all, breaking him free, he snuck in behind the two Sabre defensemen, and he came in, and again, the, the, the best part of it for me was he looked confident in making the play. He, he Somebody that's gone 30 games and hasn't scored with a new team, there might be a little apprehension. A uh, little hesitation, but no, he looked completely confident going in there. He put the puck in the net. You could see the relief afterwards, and I thought he, I thought he had a really strong game. He and his line mates tonight, and that was just a, a, a part of part of the big night for him. We'll make Riley Shan the fourth star tonight for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Darnell Nurse picked as the first star this evening. Linus Allmark, the Sabres goalie, the second star, and with two points. Actually, Nurse had two points as well. Joachim Nygaard is the third star. He had a goal and an assist. Nurse had two assists in just under 22 minutes of ice time. Also, four shots on goal for Nurse. Uh, Haas, like, whoa, geez, Haas didn't take a faceoff in the third period. Seven out of eight. That's what he was after the second period. Shane took 16 faceoffs, won nine of them. The Oilers did have a faceoff edge tonight, 63%. Not overly surprising, not because the Oilers are a good faceoff team, but Buffalo, the worst faceoff team in the NHL. And, and it showed, uh, especially on the specialty teams, as every time the Sabres started a power play, they lost the draw and I got ice. And every time the Oilers started a power play against the, the penalty killers. They won the faceoff, and the Sabres got hemmed in their own end for extended periods of time. So uh, it is a, an important part of, uh, of a game, and it's something that the Oilers have improved on drastically over the last couple of years because there was a few years that they were the worst team in the National Hockey League at faceoffs. They're getting better, and it, their star players, uh, when they can win faceoffs, it's much better, easier for the coach to throw the star out there to take it. So the Oilers lose 3-2 in overtime to the Sabres as we check the scoreboard courtesy Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Mention the Pacific Division teams in action tonight. Arizona wins 4-3 in a shootout over the Blackhawks. They and the Oilers tied for first in the division. The Sharks, rough weekend, 5-1 loss to the Panthers. They lost 7-1 yesterday to the Lightning. The Jets get by the Ducks, 3-2. Anaheim now 12-14-4 on the season. Shifley had two goals, now has 13. And how about this? The New York Rangers winning in Vegas, 5-0. Your buddy... Georgiev, George the fifth with the shutout. George, I watched some of the highlights of that game. Vegas did not look good in that game. And Fleury, who has been out for a while, uh, he had his father had passed away. I think that might be the fifth or sixth game in a row that Subban has played. I imagine Vegas, once Fleury gets back in the net, will start rolling the other way again. 3-2 here for Buffalo in overtime at Rogers Place. Colin Miller gets the overtime goal. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Triple-A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. Well, the guy who used to be on the Oilers coaching staff a couple of years as an assistant, then he was the head coach during the lockout-shortened season in 2013. Now behind the bench 
bench of the Buffalo Sabres. Let's hear from Ralph Kruger, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Kyle said there was talk among the players in between periods about winning that game for you. To have that kind of gesture from the players, what does that mean? It's real nice. I mean, they know they know the story, they know the history, and uh, we've got an honest culture in there, and we we're just out for each other. So it was, you know, it was a beautiful, beautiful victory really tonight here, especially because of the character we showed to get it. I mean, we we came out with a really good start, and uh, until about the eight-minute mark of the second period, we were on track for a solid game. We let it slip, but I love the way the guys recovered in the third period. Of course, Edmonton always dangerous with their weapons, but we were able to sustain whatever they threw at us. Linus had a good game, and uh, I thought we really deserved the overtime win at the end. And um, just real pleased with the guys making that special gesture. And uh, yeah, it's something we're definitely going to build on this game. You finally you talked about it yesterday. You think you were de deserving of some luck finally in the overtime? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been it's been strange puck luck of late, and I thought the way the guys put away the controversial loss last night in Vancouver just shows again the way the group's developing and how they're they're dealing with with adversity and bouncing back from it in such a short and quick turnover and the energy everybody needed to dig up to, to finish that was uh, was deep into the reserves you know but you can see we're we're a well-conditioned group of guys who uh, have a big heart and you know this is uh, one of the best teams here in the Western Conference to play them at the end of a of a road trip like this um, and and come away with both points is really uh, something that'll give us a lot of confidence moving forward along those lines Colin Miller too he's spent yeah. a lot of time but to get back I thought Millsy played a really strong game tonight and that's why we picked him in that that second unit in the overtime he earned it with his with his game overall he was really aggressive in the neutral zone very confident with the puck tonight and you know we loved his reaction to having not played you know of uh, of late and I think that uh, you know that that competition just continues. How were you guys able to kind of neutralize McDavid and Dressel? They got their chances but yeah. for the most part you know they obviously they didn't get a point. Right? Yeah the key for us is the second chances on them. We, we knew they were going to get some initial chances just with their speed and the way they attack and uh, I thought we were really able to neutralize anything after that and uh, pick them up pretty early through the neutral zone. We were tight in the neutral zone. Always always five guys working together like a pack there to, to take away some of that speed and I thought overall we did a good job on it. Penalty killing was excellent. Took a heartbreaker there with a second to go on that last kill but overall uh, you know I thought that we were able to neutralize them for uh, the kind of opportunities they might get in a regular game. I'm assuming Mills that was healthy. Yeah you know Casey it's again the, the numbers game that we have going on here uh, whether it's Casey or whether it's Jake right now we've got excellent people right through the roster we like our depth on both positions and uh, for Casey it was a day to take a breath take a watch from the outside and uh, and and you know learn learn from sometimes watching from the outside uh, you know when you're an age like that we're just nothing but excited about the way he he dealt with today and the time we had with him and uh, you know the coaching we were able to do with him and uh, you know it's it's part of what we're doing is growing these players with different kinds of experiences and today was his turn to take a look. As you said the team would go through adversity at some point and since you have you got points in seven of nine games what is yeah. that starting to show you? Yeah I mean I, I told you back home that uh, we we really like that we've settled into a game I thought all three games whether Calgary Vancouver now in Edmonton uh, there were there were a lot of really good things happening in the games we did let them 
slip with some strange uh, game management situations that we'll, we'll get better at. But overall, there is a consistency now and a belief in what our game is. It's one thing to know that we have a plan. It's another thing to know we have a game. But the other thing is that it starts becoming automatic and that the habits come through. And that's what we're seeing more and more here, uh, that we're able to recover within a game like today where we let it slip and could have easily fallen apart. But we, we, we got back to that plan and uh, religiously carried it through. The always well-spoken Ralph Kruger, the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres. We were talking on the face-off show what an interesting life and career he has led. One thing I've noticed about Ralph, and I know the, the year he, he coached, I, I mean, again, the Oilers didn't have a great roster. Uh, you know, I know it was you and, you and Dan doing the show after then, and I, I would hear calls, well, why doesn't Ralph... You know, he's too soft-spoken. He's too intellectual. He doesn't yell at them. Well, I, I think Ralph, I heard he, he can he can let, let the fire show. But I think he's also one of those people, he understands the value of words. Mm. And I think he chooses his words very carefully and his tone of voice very carefully when he's delivering a, a message to his, to his players. Well, if you yell all the time, it's like parenting. If your voice is always in a, an angry state, eventually they block it out. Whereas if it's an occasionally you raise your voice, it's like, oh, might be got their attention because he never raises his voice. So we must have obviously done something wrong here. So I, from, from the players that I've talked to that were around during Ralph's stint here, I've never, ever heard a bad word said about the man. Every player that I talked to enjoyed their time playing for him, really enjoyed him as a person and as a coach. So uh, it, it's no surprise that where his journey has taken him. I don't know, I, 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 I giggle when I think about, like I, I know a number of NHL coaches uh, quite well for me. They're playing for them, playing with them over the course of my year. And I think of like a guy like Hitch. I can't, I love Hitch, but I can't see him after getting fired here in Edmonton, going over and taking over Manchester United or something along that in the <laughs> Premier League over in, uh, in, in England or, or a European team. So it is amazing what uh, his journey, like, he'd be a guy that you'd want to read his biography to see where his, his life has taken him because his stories are different than the typical, I played hockey, after and hockey, I, I got into scouting, then I right. became an assistant coach, and then I became the head coach, and then I became a scout when I was done. Like his life has been a little <laughs> bit different. It, it's, I really enjoy listening to him talk because he, everything that he says, he puts thoughts into it. It's not just throwing out the rhetoric that a lot of guys do, just, okay, here's the question, okay, here's this, this, the safe answer. He thinks about what he says because he wants his words to mean something. All right, Oilers come from behind but not able to get it done. They fall 3-2 in overtime to the Buffalo Sabres. You'll hear from the guy who scored the goal, Colin Miller. You'll also hear from Darnell Nurse, who was named the game's first star. And your reaction, texts and phone calls to 780-496-0063. We're live in Studio 99, overtime open line, presented by Heartland Ford. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 
Scandella left wing shot, save Smith. Rebound, backhand, another save Smith on BC. Mike Smith, his save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube, B-Wise, a winter rise. Mike Smith has his record go to 7-7-2. Overtime loss tonight, Buffalo takes it 3-2. First period goals, Ocposo and Larson. Oilers came back, Shane and Nygaard in the second period. No scoring in the third, Colin Miller wins it. Minute 13 into the extra frame. All right, here is the question of the night on the text line. And uh, sign a name on the text line. We always like to uh, be able to identify who's writing in. But an anonymous texter says, hey, isn't the audition over by now? Koskinen is the starter, needs to play way more. Well, I wonder what we will see now. Because there's no denying Koskinen's having the better season. There's also no denying the Oilers are very conscious of not overusing either goaltender. Uh, Koskinen started three in a row, did get pulled in one of them, but mm -hmm. bounced back on Friday. They have uh, no game tomorrow. They play, well, they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. But they play every Come, second coming, night till December until December 21st. Yeah. yeah, they play Pittsburgh, Montreal back-to-back. -back. That'll be a fun Friday, Saturday. That'll be a very Rogers good place, fun, by yes. the way. So, I mean, are we at the point? I, I, I can't see them. I, I can't see Koskinen starting 8 out of 10. But is it time to maybe that he starts starting 6 out of 10? I mean, maybe he goes, it goes to Koskinen, 1 Smith. One Koskinen, one Smith, two like something, something like that. I, I honestly, I, I don't think it's going to. I, I think. You think Smith will start the next game? I think Smith will start the next game. See, I don't, I, I'd, I'd put Koskinen in. I I'm, I'm at the point where I'd put Koskinen. Yeah, but I've said that a few times. Every actually, every time I've said it, it's gone the opposite way. <laughs> I mean, I would have the night that Koskinen got pulled, I would have come back with with Smith. But then he started hearing why. Well, he said, "Well, we're going to give him a chance to rebound." And, and it is true that one thing that uh, Dave Tippett talked about, and it wasn't really written a whole lot about or talked about, he said that whenever someone has a bad night, the first thought is to all right, bench him, play the other goalie, put a different defenseman in, put another forward. But most players know when they have an off night. And most players' response is very, very positive. And Dave Tippett talked about that with the goaltenders where he wanted them not to sit on a bad night. True, and I don't think Smith necessarily had a bad no, night. No, I, oh, but, I agree. But Koskinen's been, been the better goalie. No, I'm just talking about that part, just what, what Tippett said. I really liked what, when he made that comment. Uh, I agree. I, Koskinen, all you have to do is look at the numbers. The numbers are overwhelming in Koskinen's favor this year, and we're one-third of the way through the season. But from what we've seen from Dave Tippett, uh, I do not see him getting away from this anytime soon. I mean, Smith played fine tonight, so it wasn't on Smith. So I would say that uh, I believe that next game, Smith will start next game, and they'll get it, and then they'll go back to Costin for a couple. All right, Sabres win it 3-2 in overtime. More post-game reaction coming up. Hey, if you've never won anything from 630, Chad, 780-496-0063. You can be our Finish the Play contestant tonight. We're back after the news. Overtime open line, courtesy Hartland Ford. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Nygaard hits Shan. Breakaway Shan. Backhander score. He's got a first as an Edmonton Oiler. One of two goals tonight for your Edmonton Oilers. That means a $50 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascendant Financial, when the name of the game is life. 
There's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They give 25 bucks for every Oilers goal this season. Edmonton needed one more this evening, though. Buffalo wins at 3-2 in overtime. And speaking of 6.30, Chet Senna's anonymous uh, delivery day is Saturday, the 14th. So you can go to Anonymous.ca for all the info there. Remember to take... Um, uh, take your insurance registration with you if you're going to uh, drive on Saturday. And over 16,400 teddy bears on the ice last night at the Oil Kings teddy bear toss game, all going to 630 Sets Anonymous. So thank you to everybody who brought a bear or two and got your throwing arm in action and sent one down to the ice. Well, there's probably some people that got two or three throws in because the ones from the top they would land down and then, down. then they just keep throwing it further and further <laughs> and further. And you got to you got to come around the netting. Yeah, you can't be in the end zone. Yeah, work it around. So. Yeah, that's, I, I love watching all the video from that and all the volunteers diving into the pile of bears after the game. It's, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. All right, Oilers fall 3-2 in a shootout, 780-496-0063. We have uh, Josh who's going to finish the play. Josh, do you have a comment on the game or just want to dive right into the contest? Oh, we can die. We can die right into it. All right, Josh just wants to win. That's a hungry attitude that I like. Well, he already yeah. has eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code Jed. Roll it, Angie. McDavid and Drysaddle back together, and it's Drysaddle from the left circle, firing a cross-ice pass that's broken up by Ristolainen, recovered by the Oilers, Drysaddle to Nurse, and now McDavid. Cassian establishing a net front presence, here's McDavid down low, Drysaddle curls behind the net, backhand wraparound, and a sprawling save. All right, Josh, that was a Leon Drysaddle opportunity on a wraparound. Was that in overtime or in the first period? That was in the first period. Josh, did anybody ever tell you you were an incredibly intelligent man? A few people have, yeah. <laughs> you can add me to the list. Hang on the All line, right. okay? Okay. Right on, thanks, boys. Josh, your name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. That's valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Well, that might have been one of the better shifts for the big line. Yeah. They, well, they, actually, the first couple shifts were good for Edmonton. The, the, the big line had some great opportunities. Uh, I mean, we talked about the two that Cassian passed up. Uh, Connor McDavid twice broke in, had good scoring opportunities, just missed. Drysaddle hits a, a post with a back end. He has that one that went right across the crease. So again, as, as we talked about, the bar is so high for that line that a night like this, they weren't as good as they have been in the past. Yet, with a, a bounce here or a tip there, they could have had a two or three point night as well and won this hockey game. But it was not to be, and they're going to be looking for a rebound against Carolina in a couple of days. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers' dressing room. He's the first star tonight with two assists. It's Darnell Nurse. Nice comeback to get a point, but a disappointing result, obviously. Yeah, it comes from our start. We give them two goals and uh, we got to play catch up from there. So uh, our start's got to be better. And uh, you know, one point, we feel like we left one point on the table that we shouldn't have. It's the second game in the last, or second long, or second game in the last three that you guys lost to a team coming on the back end of back to back. What is it that you guys, is you guys should have the fresher legs? What is it that you guys just can't match them, it seems? That doesn't matter. Uh, we felt good on the back, at the end of a back to back, too. That, that has nothing to do with the with the game or what goes on on the ice. They just outplay us there in the first. You guys, when you settle down and try to grind out the game, like against LA, like the last two periods, you do that, right? You guys are very successful grinding it out, but the first period was the opposite of that. 
this is the mentality. What do you have to, you know, can you grind like that every period? What is it that lacks when you're not doing that? Uh, yeah, we can, we've shown we can grind like that for a full 60 minutes. We've done it multiple, multiple times over the course of the year. But uh, it's got to become something more consistent within our game um, where, you know, you get into the first, play hard, hard uh, fought game in the first and then kind of go from there and that's that's the mindset we have to have that's uh, that's how you're successful in this league all right darnell nurse a little disappointed obviously oilers lose 3-2 in overtime to buffalo uh, oilers down two nothing after the first period really good second period and then kind of, kind of an interesting third i thought edmonton started well buffalo kind of came on and then did i mean i i hate to say this it sounds like this some that someone like me who never played in the NHL would say, whereas you have, but it, it was almost like, well, six minutes left, let's get it to overtime. Let's get it to, I don't know. Like, there wasn't a lot going on. There, there, there wasn't. I, I thought both teams had a couple shifts. I mean, where, clearly, where if you have a chance, you're, you're yeah. going to shoot. Well, I mean, you, you, become, you play a little safer. Uh, usually, the team on the road plays a little safer if you get down five, six minutes left in a tied game. You know what? Uh, I will take a chance if it's a good opportunity, but I'm not going to force something because we're on the road. We can steal a point here, and then maybe something fun will happen for us in overtime. So the the road team usually plays a little more cautious late in a tie game than the home team. But I, it was pretty. It was an even saw in the third period. Both teams had two or three shifts where they had opportunities. But I thought the, I thought the Sabers, as as Ralph Kruger talked about, I thought the Sabers played after a very poor second player period, came out and battled much harder in the third, clogged up the neutral, and really didn't give a whole lot of uh, open looks for the Oilers. Yeah, shots were six six in the, in, in the third period, and, and I mean probably, well, VC's breakaway would have been I don't uh, think Buffalo's he, best he didn't, jet, didn't he get, get a, a shot, shot on goal, yeah. and Leon hit the post with seven yeah. minutes left. That actually didn't count as a shot. So. Those those would have could have been the ones that uh, that changed it for those two teams. It's funny that Jimmy VC, uh, I played with his father, and Jimmy VC was just a little baby. He used to come oh, in the really? dressing room all the time in Phoenix. So I remember when he was just a little guy. So you taught him everything he knows. Uh, well, no, no. <laughs> uh, his dad was a very good hockey player too. His dad was just a big strong man, just couldn't skate. Jimmy's a much better skater than his dad was. All right, we'll bring Alex in on the open line. Go ahead, Alex. Thanks for calling. Hello? Alex, do we have you? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. I have an observation and a question for Rob. Um, I've noticed that Larson seems to be the only defenseman on the Oilers who can't handle the puck too well when he gets it. Lots of icing, and I know he's coming back from being injured. But, but uh, it just seems to me that I don't know what he, if, what he knows what to do with the puck. And the question I have for you, Rob, when you played, did you play with a guy that they didn't do so well with some. I mean, I know Larson plays physical and is tough in his own end. And uh, but did you ever play with a guy that just annoyed the hell out of you and just made these same mistakes and stuff like that? And the other question for you, Rob, is: I know the goaltender. I know there's a lot of people that are itching that Koskinen to get more uh, goaltending uh, games. And when you were a player, did you feel that in the dressing room that hey, you know what? I think it's time we should. So, you know, you probably think to yourself, or do you ever talk to another player that, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we uh, rode this goalie more than the other goalie? And and how does that how does that transpire in a dressing room, or does it, or am I just full of it? 
as, as for players, I, well, I I've played with players that uh, <laughs> you're on the ice. You're like, oh, I'm going out with him to this shift. Okay, I got to be a little smarter than I than I normally was, or you can't cheat, or or okay, got to make sure I got my 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 big stick out because he doesn't seem to hit the little stick very well with with his passes. So yeah, well, there are, but I mean, everyone has strengths and weaknesses. I knew I had weaknesses, and uh, you just you, a teammate. Everybody just. You overlook what the the player's not capable of doing and play to their strengths. As for goaltending, most teams I've ever played on, and I'm trying to think I've ever played on one that didn't, but most teams have always had a starting goalie. There was always uh, the guy that was known as the starter. So he was going to get the majority of the games. And there are games when you would have a backup that would go in and uh, you were a little more worried than if if it was your starter, but you, you played. It, you never thought negative about it, but you certainly knew that one goaltender was better than the other. Right now, I guess I guess with the everyone talking about Koskinen because of the season he's having, I guess the coaching staff can say, well, is Koskinen having this good a season if we're playing him seven out of ten? If he's playing eight out of ten, can yeah, can he handle it with the heavy workload? We saw last year that he tired, and I know that he played way more games so i think right now he's having success is that success still there if we play more than we're playing them right now so we don't know because they're not doing it i just don't see them changing anytime soon i think they're going to stay with the rotation they have but that's just a guess buffalo takes it 3-2 in overtime here's the man who scored the game winner courtesy bdo first call debt solutions bankruptcies and consumer proposals licensed insolvency trustees here's colin miller you saw that play develop? Um, Ike's had it, and then obviously went low to Jojo there, and just uh, the two-on-one kind of developed, and he made a great play that snuck through, and I wasn't even sure it made it through in the, the start there, and then just got lucky it squeaked in. But, yeah, it's been a while, and it's been an interesting season, so, um, yeah, felt good. What's it been like for you to be bouncing in and out of the lineup you're not able to produce because you're not getting a consistent chance. How big does this feel for you? Yeah, it feels good, but I mean, it's one goal. Uh, they come in bunches, hopefully, and they hadn't come for a while there, so hopefully more to come. How did you guys kind of get the game back a little the third period? You were able to ground it out after they took it to you in the second period. Yeah, they had a good stretch of probably 10 minutes there. Um, I don't know. I thought I thought the third was, was back and forth again. They definitely had their chances. We had our chances too, but um, I think for you know the most part of that game we played our game more, um, and when we do that, you know we generally you know um, end up on top. Was there any much talk in the wake of yesterday about overtime? You had dropped five in a row in different ways. It wasn't really a common thread, but you guys hadn't found a way in overtime. No, there wasn't wasn't any talk about that. Did, did you sense that there was any common thread to it, or just kind of it's more of a coin flip? About the overtimes? Yeah. I I have no clue. Honestly, it's uh, you know when you get out there in three and threes, it's go either way. You know you're trading chances, so uh, we haven't had them bounce our way. So hopefully they start. All right, that is Colin Miller gets the overtime winner tonight from Johansson and Eichel. 13-game point streak for Eichel. Sabres take it 3-2 over the Oilers. 780-496-0063 to call or text. We are live at Studio 99. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. In overtime, the Buffalo Sabres take it 3-2 tonight at Rogers Place. So Edmonton's record now 18-10-4. 
Arizona is also 18-10-4. The Oilers get the tiebreaker on top of the Pacific Division because they have more regulation and overtime wins, 16-13. Vegas in third place, 35 points, so five behind. Vancouver and Calgary with 34 points each. Vancouver gets classified higher as they have one game in hand on the Flames. So uh, that's where we're at, 40 points through 32 games for the Oilers and a home game coming up against Carolina. That one will be on Tuesday night. 780-496-0063. We have Cam standing by. Cam, you're on overtime open line. Go ahead. Hello. Go ahead, Cam. Hey, guys. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, Kruger is next level. He's really next level. Now, what was the kind of, what was the reason why he was released? Like, what was the sort of what did you guys glean from that situation? Because Mac T interviewed Akins and decided to make Akins the head coach. Yeah. Oh, because he was going to come in. Was he not going to come in as an assistant? Possibly assistant or associate, yes. Yeah, it was a really weird situation, wasn't it? Well, yeah, because Mac T, uh, what did Bob say? Mac T had Ralph as a head coach for seven games at the end of that year and, yeah. you know, he thought he was looking to round out the coaching staff and then was impressed by Aikens, and uh, Ralph was let go on a Skype call. Right. Yeah, it was weird. Um, the other thing I was going to say real quick here, I got another point, but Brownie, did you play for Bill LaForge? I did, my first yeah. year junior. There's yeah. another unique hockey journey, hey, or another unique sport journey. Oh, co- play, coach? Uh, yeah, he was a... Uh, I, I got a lot of great stories about coach. It's, I see his son every once in a while, too. His son uh, was around Edmonton for a number right. of years. Right. He was a football guy, too. Like, he did the Wildcats or the Huskies or something, as well as the Canucks and Regina Pats and, and uh, Kamloops Oilers back then or Blazers? Yeah, we were the Kamloops Oilers when I played for him. The Edmonton Oilers, Oilers owned our junior franchise when I played right. in Kamloops and then sold us right before the Memorial Cup. <laughs> right, right. So yeah. just a couple quick things here, really quick. The first one, I, I was really appreciative tonight where Tippett, the question got asked about Dreisaitl. Uh, not stopping on pucks or not being tough on the puck, pardon me, in the, in the overtime. Did you guys see that interview with Tippett? Yeah, we, we, played, the, we played the interview. Yeah, yeah. and when he, he wasn't, he didn't duck. I appreciated that. Like a lot of coaches would have uh, just kind of glossed that over, and I think it's the right time for him to maybe, you know, let a little bit of that get through like that. Like I, a lot of coaches would have glossed that over, and he just said, yeah, probably... You know, probably a little bit of that. He, he did attribute it. The other question I want to ask you guys, it's not a hockey question, it's a football question, but it's its relevant to Edmonton. What am I to expect with Moss? As, a, as and I'll, I'll just listen after you guys go to answer. Yeah, where, where are you coming up with some of these, buddy? <laughs> what, where, what, what am I to expect? It's entertainment, 82 nights a year. What am I to expect with Moss as an offensive coordinator? I'll listen. Uh, well, quickly, I, Jason Moss knows offensive football. I, there's no doubt about that. Some quarterbacks have had big years under him. Uh, my criticism of him in Edmonton was I think sometimes he got a little a little stubborn uh, with the play calling and, and maybe believed. I mean, he showed a lot of belief in his, in his players and a lot of belief in the plays he was calling, but maybe there wasn't quite uh, the, the variety or, or the adaptation when things weren't working. Cam likes the Rough Riders. Well, no, I just won't comment. I mean, everyone has faults. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. Three, two Oilers lose in overtime to the uh, Buffalo Sabres. We have Tony standing by as well. Go ahead, Tony. 
Hey, Tony, Jimmy? go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. Um, I got I got a question. I got a question and a comment for uh, for you guys. Maybe Rob can give you more insight. First one: instead of having shootout after overtime, why don't we just keep giving us three on three overtime? So I like watching three on three overtime more than I like watching a stupid shootout. And my second one is: I want Rob's opinion on Pearson's play because tonight there was a play that I was really looking at that. I don't, I don't know if it would have caused anything terrible, but he was on the board, and I don't know if he lost the puck or if the puck was, you know, just not in his vicinity. And he kind of, it was basically like, it looked like he was trying, like, trying to make too much out of the play instead of just a simple get it out of the zone, all that kind of stuff. It was in the first period, I believe it was. Um, I just want to know what you guys' opinion on Parrison's uh, play has been. Uh, no, that's cool. Thanks. I thought I thought Parison was fine. I mean, I, if you want to go, we go through every player on both teams tonight, and we can find video of them making mistakes. Um, if you're gonna, I think Parison, he's a good puck handler. Yep. I, I think he is still learning how to handle the, oh, the pressure of the NH. Like I'm not talking about the mental pressure, the, just the, the speed. physical, and that's that's yep. why they want him to go down to the yep. the minors. When, I mean, there's there's a play, and again, I'm being a little nitpicky here, but there was a play against LA. You know, he skated right into traffic mm-hmm. as opposed to finding a way to reverse the puck or, 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 or flip it out. I, I think it, that's where he hasn't evolved well, yet. Well, there's got to be an adjustment when you're coming from a big a big rink with slower players to a smaller rink with faster players. Yeah. So you don't have the time to, to think and make the plays that you normally have when you're playing on the bigger ice surface. So uh, I think he's been fine. I think the transition has actually been faster and better than uh, many probably would have expected. Uh, but there's still uh, warts in his game, and, and I'm sure that the Oilers, when, when they get all healthy, he'll go back down, play some more games, feel good about himself. But he, from what we've seen in the past number of years, he's a much better depth player getting called up and put into the lineup than the Oilers have had in a long, long time. Oh, sure. As for the shootout, I would, I would extend the overtime and have the shootout after, I don't know, go seven and a half minutes, go ten minutes, whatever you want. I'd extend the overtime three on three as well. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, though. We get asked that quite a bit. Yeah, no one's, nobody from the league office has called and asked for our opinions. <laughs> but we would give them if they call. All right, let's go down to the Oilers' dressing room one more time. Here's defenseman Oscar Clefbaum. You guys wrestled with some consistency issues this year, like great, good game, mediocre game, good game, mediocre game. Is this something that you can put your finger on? It's tough to, to to say what's wrong. Obviously, we, we try to to get a the winning streak going here, um, but it's not going to happen if we're not ready from the start. Uh, playing a, a hungry Buffalo coming in here, um, we cannot really expect ourselves to to come back every time from a two nothing. Uh, um, they're up two nothing, so. I think we did a pretty good job coming back in the game and give us a fair chance, but uh, we got to be better. Um, we should be uh, we should be in the in the front seat a game like this and outwork these guys, um, especially when we've been focusing on on getting a winning winning streak going because um, we've been playing some good hockey, but it's just every other game. Um, obviously, it's good to to bounce back real quick and play some good hockey against some some good teams as well. Uh, but now it's it's a matter of uh, of combining some games here and get some winning streak going and get a good rhythm. It seemed like the first period there's a lot of good scoring chances that no one shot. A lot of drop passes, right? A lot of fancy yeah. plays. Not much straight ahead hockey, right? Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. And and I think we play our best hockey when when 
our work ethic is there and then our skill take over. Um, if we if we start in the wrong end and try to be fancy and, and cute and try to make open at open at goals and, and, and find a seam. I mean, we're not that team yet, and, and obviously we, we've been focusing a lot, trying to be ready when the puck drops, and, and go in and have a good work ethic, and, and then outwork them. Uh, and then we, we know we have the skill and the potential, and, and some of the best players in the league, that, and that can produce for us. But as a team, we gotta we gotta be ready, and, and especially bring the work ethic. So the foundation is you gotta grind and play hard and play right, and then the skill comes over second. For on sure, the top. absolutely. Uh, and usually when we play our best hockey. Is that when the skill comes in second place, and that usually takes over when we when we grind the teams down and, and get them tired, and, and obviously when when we when we're ready from from, from the beginning and, and get a good lead or, or at least are in the in the game. Um, so we gotta take uh, take this as a big lesson for us once again, and, and we still have a lot of a lot of games to prove ourselves. So uh, we're just gonna focus on tonight's game and, and bounce back and then build a winning streak. All right. Well, I mean, that's that's interesting about the Oilers. Uh, they've often bounced back, but they haven't really had any long winning streaks except right, right off the beginning of the season. And, and the Oilers' schedule gets tougher here as we get closer to Christmas. Some exciting games as we got the Penguins, the Canadians, the Leafs, and some better hockey clubs coming in. Uh, the Oilers have been okay in the last few games, but they know that they can play better, and they're going to have to. Carolina's got a good hockey club. They they got a ton of speed. They, they force turnovers. They force on the forecheck. The others are going to have to be better five-on-five five than they were tonight. All right, so next up, the Carolina Hurricanes, 5.30 face-off show on Tuesday. The game is going to start at, uh, at 7. They, uh, I mean, a lot of people talked about their celebrations and the storm surge, but the reason they were talking about that is because they were winning a lot last year, and then they uh, obviously got into the playoffs and did some damage as well. Well, we, we've seen for a few years, before they became uh, successful last year, they were a team that with they had a bunch of injuries, but they were fun to watch. They were fast. They were young. Uh, they had some confidence, some swagger to the game, and now they've put it all together. It is a good hockey club. It's going to be a fun game to be a part of. It, it certainly is. If the others are, are moving their feet and their top players are playing, the Carolina can certainly throw players out there to, to try and combat that type of speed. There should be a number of good scoring chances both ways on Tuesday. All right, Oilers lose 3-2 in overtime to the Sabres. Their record is 18-10-4. Get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Scott Johnson and Brendan Escott for bringing us the post-game reaction tonight. Angie Quinnell, the studio producer back at 630Ched. Troy Bowler, the engineer at Rogers Place. Oilers hockey presented by World of Spas. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.